0: Welcome to Between the Headphones, a Georgia sports podcast. I'm John James, sports editor at the Red and Black, and your host for this podcast series. Each week, I'll talk to Red and Black sports reporters to get the pulse of UGA athletics straight from the source. This week, I'll be joined by football beat writer Samuel Higgs and assistant sports editor Owen Warden. Welcome back to the show, Sam.
1: So happy to be back.
0: So, G-Day just went down. There was a lot of good. It was definitely a little bit of bad, but first off, I want to talk about the good. I was feeling a little frisky, a little spontaneous, so I stressed up the format for this particular episode. You've prepared three people you want to highlight as positive outcomes from G-Day, and I've prepared three people I want to talk about as positive outcomes from G-Day, and we haven't seen each other's lists, so there's a good chance that we will have some some overlap between the two of us. Without further ado... Give me the first name on your list.
1: All right. So the first name on my list is, I'm pretty sure, the guy that everybody had their eyes on going into this game in Carson Beck. I'd feel wrong if he wasn't on this list if we're talking about G-Day. If we're looking at his totals, he was 15 for 22, 68% completion rating, 231 yards and one touchdown, and an absolute dimer to Brock Bowers on the first drive. I think he was able to get a lot of the receivers involved and I think he showed uh, some poise in the pocket even though nobody was really coming after to take his head off but I think he put on a really good showcase.
0: Carson Beck was also the first name on my list for obvious reasons. Quarterback was the big question entering G-Day and I think he really showed out. Um, I was m- mostly impressed by his ability to make downfield throws. It felt like on every drive there was a 20-yard gain, a, a 30-yard gain. Some receiver downfield that Carson Beck hit with a pinpoint pass even though there were a lot of contested catches in the game I was really also impressed by his accuracy and his performance. Sam who is the second name on your list?
1: The second name that I have on my list is Ernest Green the third. I was pretty confident that Amarius Mims was gonna be taking that right tackle spot but I was really interested to see who was gonna be competing for that left tackle spot And, you know, throughout the game, we saw Green and Blasky rotating, I think, almost every drive. But I thought Green was the guy that separated himself as the person that I would trust on that left side. I know the run game at G-Day was pretty lackluster with, uh, I think, the best team having 3.1 yards per carry, which is uh, not the best. But I thought he played well as a pass protector. I'm I'm not really worried about the run blocking in a spring game just because, you know— you're still trying to figure things out but I think Green's performance kind of put him in that spot to man the left side
0: yeah I think offensive line was definitely a question going into G day because of the departures of both the offensive tackles um Georgia has been rotating tackles in and out all last season so I think uh, Ernest Green has a, has a real chance to get playing time come fall Sam the second name on my list not an offensive player we got we got too much offense to start <laughs> i went with zavian sorry uh because he, he was flying around the field on saturday with smiles absence he had a, a much bigger chance to play than he usually would and i think linebacker depth is going to come into play especially considering That's recent transfer activity leaving georgia so yeah i was really impressed by zavian Sorry on saturday It's a good one sam who is the third name on your list
1: all right So I think I'm a little biased on this one because I just did a a freshman standout candidate, breakout candidate article. I'm going Damon Wilson the second. I had so much fun watching him at G-Day. He finished the day with four total tackles, two of which happened to be sacks. The only thing I will say about watching him is I still feel like he's a little bit raw as a prospect. There would be times where he would just get stuck on offensive linemen in the run game and also a couple times in like pass rush but his athleticism and motor was you know displayed he was running all over the place and i'm excited to see the growth that he can make
0: yeah um damon is one of those freshmen on the team who has a chance to make it make an impact on the defense a number of freshmen had like a significant playing time on saturday which is obviously going to happen because that's how G-Day works mm-hmm. but there are a bunch of guys that stood out and damon was definitely among that list another freshman i wanted to highlight I know we said three, but I, I went a little over. I cheated definitely a little bit. Lawson Lucky impressed me. He's going to be buried in the death chart this year because tight end is just a stacked position for Georgia with Brock Bowers and Oscar Delt playing a lot for the black team on Saturday. But I think if one of those happens to have an injury, Lawson Lucky would be the guy to step up and say, yeah, I, I can play a role in this offense if you need a tight end. Another guy I really liked on Saturday was Makai Muse. He was all over the field. He was making plays left and right. And after the game, Kirby said, yeah, he's been doing that. We knew he could do that. We He just needed an opportunity. And I think after his performance on G-Day, he's going to have that opportunity next season. Do you have any closing takeaways or comments from G-Day?
1: I just thought it was great to see all those guys out there. There were a lot of freshmen that I was excited to watch. There were a lot of position battles that I couldn't wait to see. And I just had a great time watching G-Day.
0: Are there any major questions or concerns that you have coming out of G-Day?
1: Nothing too major. Like I said earlier, when I was talking about Ernest Green, you know, the run game wasn't fantastic, but I'm not really that worried. I mean, the team had guys out for the spring game. So, I mean, there's only so much you can do whenever you're just running with whatever depth you have. Yeah, I thought Roger
0: Robinson, another one of those rookies, a guy who our our next guest, Owen Warden is super high on I thought Roderick looked really good on Saturday, and I think even though running back is another stacked position at Georgia, if depth is tested in the next season, and injuries always happen, there's always going to be a running back getting banged up, I think Roderick could really step up for Georgia. I completely agree with you on that one. Thanks for coming on the show, Sam. It was a pleasure being here. be joined by Assistant Sports Editor Owen Warden. Welcome to the show, Owen. Absolutely beautiful to be here, John. So Sam was just here raving about his favorite players coming out of G-Day.
2: Loving those players out of G-Day, absolutely.
0: But that doesn't exactly tell the whole story of the game. There were also some guys that could have performed better, and I want to talk about them now. So with that said, who was the first person that you thought could have
2: done more at G-Day? Absolutely. Again, I think Georgia had a pretty great G-Day performance. I think all the way around, I think Georgia's players looked like the 5-4 and four and elite 3-star talent that, that is all over that roster. So a lot of these guys that I'm going to be bringing up didn't have bad days per se, but it's more than I wanted to see more out of them. That I thought they had more to give. And I'm going to focus on Nyland Green. Nyland Green's my first guy on my list, mostly because this quarterback battle, other than the quarterback battle... Um, is probably the biggest one that Georgia's facing. They've got to find that Keely Ringo replacement. They've got to find that guy to start on, on the opposite side of Kamari Laster. And you could tell watching that team, watching the defense, they did those corners no favor. It was all one-on-ones with those wide receivers. And nine times out of ten, a wide receiver is going gonna, is gonna to beat that cornerback. But unlike the other guys that were playing on that second team, Dalen Everett, who I thought – came to the ball pretty well he was playing aggressive he was playing hot he was playing with speed um, and AJ Harris the true freshman he was flying around and I'll, I'll let you talk about more of him later uh, after I wrap up but I thought those guys showed a little bit more that I liked not a lot because again they Georgia purposely put all of those guys including including Smoke Bowie and and Julian Humphrey they put all those six guys on an island to see who stepped up the most and Considering Nyland Green was starting opposite of Kamari Laster, I just expected to see a little bit more from him. So yeah, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to transition to a guy on my list,
0: because I also selected a defensive back. I wanted to see more from Smoke Bowie. You said it during the game, he got a tackle and we heard his name, and you said, that is the first time we've heard his name all game, and we didn't hear his name again. I just wanted, he was a big transfer acquisition that we thought was going to make waves on this defense and he did not make those waves on Saturday. And other guys, such as A.J. Harris, who was flying to the ball, he was making a bunch of tackles, they made those plays where Smoke Bowie just didn't step up like I thought he would.
2: Yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, highly rated four-star coming out of high school, Texas A&M commit, transfers to Georgia. You'd hope to see a little bit more that would get you excited, but unfortunately not. Um, but, yeah, just disappointing. So... Owen, who is the second person on your list? The second person on my list, and I'm going to continue to stick with that defensive backs group, and I might be a little bit off here, but I wanted to see more from Kamari Lassiter. When when you've got a guy as your number one corner, as one of those positions that you are solidified in having as that number one spot, you want to see that guy make a lot more plays. You want to see that guy be dynamic, and we saw that from Javon Bullard, from Tyke Smith. Making interceptions, Bullards didn't count in the end, but we saw them make make plays on the ball. We saw them move to the football. We saw those linebackers make impact plays that you get excited about. I didn't see that from Kamari Laster, and it, it, it George's at a certain point when you win back to back titles, the expectation is way greater. You know, you can look at Texas or or Clemson or Alabama, and you can look at their spring games and even even huge name programs like that, and you could still look at them and be like, ah. You know, corner, it's okay. They're they're working through it. But Georgia, you have a certain expectation of you kind of need elite play at every position, and Kamari just didn't bring that, and I was a little bit disappointed by it. Yeah, I agree with that.
0: Um, I think if you asked any, like, Georgia football reporter coming out of G-Day, were you more impressed with the receivers or the defensive backs? They would say the receivers. So I, I just wish that unit had shown a little more pop, a little more physicality, honestly. And I think they could have done that at G-Day, but they just didn't. The next guy that I was disappointed in was a guy who was throwing at the defensive backs. I thought Gunnar Stockton, for all the hype that he's been given from uh, players that I talked to love Gunnar Stockton. Like, after the game, I spoke with Arian Smith, and he said, That guy's potential is unlimited. I didn't see unlimited potential on Saturday. I thought he was taking a lot of sacks. I thought he was inaccurate at times. And given that the quarterback position is not necessarily sealed, but it's, it's, it's closing down, I think Gunner had his last opportunity to seize that quarterback
2: position on Saturday. Yeah, and I was a little surprised that he got a lot more reps. And we kind of talked about it at the game. We were both surprised that Gunnar Stockton got more reps than Vandegrift did, especially because, yeah, Vandegrift had an interception, sure, but it just looked like Vandegrift was the better player out there. And, I mean... Gunnar Stockton, his his high school stats amaze. I mean, it's easy to fall in love with them, and he's got the arm strength. He's he's got a very prototypical quarterback leadership, and again, you can tell with how how a lot of his teammates speak about him, but yeah, he didn't look all that stunning, you know? And he still had flashes. He still had moments that you're like, okay, I I still feel like this guy could be a dude. Unlimited potential, like Arian Smith said? I'm not sure. I think we'll have to wait and see on that one, but I'm not going to count it out. He's still young. To Owen who is the third name on your list the third name of on my list is I've got one name kind of specifically um but really it's kind of more of a group as a whole but I I targeted one guy because he's going to be the guy to have to step up and that's Warren Brinson really goes back to my Kamari Lasseter standpoint Brinson is filling the shoes of Jalen Carter the and uh, I hate if anyone disagrees with me the best player in this draft class Jalen Carter bar none is the best player from a physical from a physicality sense from what he does on a football field getting you can throw the off the field concerns away because that's not what I'm talking about here Jalen Carter is the best player in a class full of great NFL talent and they have to find their way to replace that on this defense and Warren Brinson is the guy that's probably going to step into that role and he didn't wow me and again, with Georgia, you kind of have to wow me. You kind of have to wow your fan base a little bit. And again, several of those guys did that. We, we just spent a whole 15 minutes talking about guys that did. So when you're expected to fill such big shoes like Jalen Carter, you really need Warren Brinson to step up and just see some pressure on the quarterback and they didn't get any. The, the black team got very little pressure on the red team. Sure, a lot of that could be due to the fact that he was facing some great guards like, and great interior guys like Van Pran and Tate Ratledge. But I wanted to see more. I wanted to see for, more from him. I wanted to see more from other guys on it, like Zion Lowe, Trammell Walthour. There's a lot of guys on that line that's been here for a while. I just want to see some pop. I want to see some, some flash.
0: Kirby talked about that after the game. He said the defensive line was deep but there was not a guy on the defensive line and I think you saw that on Saturday um that was certainly absent and I I wonder how they're going to replicate that come fall I'm not I'm just not sure right now
2: yeah I'm not I'm not 100 sure I mean Michael Williams Marvin Jones Jr those are the guys that obviously you're thinking can provide that pop coming off the edge and even Michael lines lines up on the defensive line so you got to think hopefully that can kind of offset that a little bit and 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 kind of fix that up a little bit. But you got to hope for something because if you're not getting after the quarterback, then that cornerback group that we discussed didn't flash very much and was a little disappointing. They're going to struggle even worse.
0: Yeah. So the final guy on my list was the guy who was running at that defensive line, actually. I wanted to see more from Deshaun Edwards on Saturday. He was the lead back on Saturday because Kendall Milton was out with an injury. So I think he had an opportunity to say, here I am. This is what I can do for this offense. This is what this is why you should start me in the fall. And uh, last fall, a lot of people were talking about Dajon like he was better than Kendall. Dajon was explosive every time he touched the ball. It seemed like he made something happen. On Saturday, he was not making things happen at that same rate. And guys like Roderick Robinson were. Roderick was better than on on Saturday, uh, without a doubt. And I think that is not a good reflection on Dejon's abilities.
2: No, absolutely. Um, we, I mean, you teased it um, at the end of the podcast, at the end of Sam's segment, but I love Roderick. He was awesome in high school, and his film speaks for itself, and you saw that translate in G-Day. Now, I I, I debated putting Dejon on my own list, but I gave him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. He is coming off of a bit of a lower body injury. He kind of got rushed back because that running back room is Thin is all hell, not to mention Branson was out suddenly. So I give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. But, I mean, when you're getting outshone by a rookie, it's a little uh, – by a freshman, it's a little tough uh, to really excuse that, so to speak. Yeah, I
0: totally agree. I over-prepared for Sam's segment, and I know you over-prepared for this segment. Owen who are some of the extra names your honorable mentions for this discussion
2: yeah I'll go I'll go with three one of them I'll kind of do like I did the whole kind of defensive uh position group like the defensive line position group I'm gonna pivot that over to the wide receiver position group not the top guys lad looked great I thought Dominic Lovett showed out a little bit obviously Brock Bowers and that tight end group looked really fun but it's kind of the guys under them you know under under the Dylan Bells and and Rosemi, mean Jack Saints, um, some of the guys that came in last year, Denylon Morissette and C.J. Smith. I thought those guys they had a, they've had a full year with Georgia. Uh, Jackson Meeks, throw him in there too. They've had they've had a lot of time with Georgia now. They've had they've been here for a little bit, and they're all talented guys. They wouldn't have been ranked as high as they were coming out of high school, and I just didn't see it. I saw drop balls. I saw not the most cleanest of route running. Not a lot of pop and flash from those guys. Denylon Morissette had one carry, and it was like nothing and it was literally nothing they got 0 yards so it was just a little bit disappointing to see those guys not really flash especially cuz it's an older group it's dominic lovett this is his last year this is kind of a one run a one season run with georgia this is lads last year brock is 100% going to the nfl draft so you want to see more from that younger group and i just don't think they showed it out I, I agree with that. Um, I think specifically CJ
0: Smith, because every time I've talked to someone about CJ Smith, they rave about him. And I had just haven't seen anything rave worthy from CJ Smith or any of those
2: other young wide receivers. Yeah. So I think I think those two and they're and they're young, so they got plenty of work, but I definitely want to see more from them going forward. Um, another guy I wanted to bring up, Jared Zirkel. Um, he's obviously going to have some uh, competition coming in with Peyton Woodring um, who did not early enroll but he's the three star kicker Georgia signed so he's going to have some competition and he did not look great his kickoffs weren't very consistent Uh, he missed a field goal on a bad snap which again bad snap Thorson seemed to be holding for the first time in his career so we'll see how that progresses because Carson Beck was the holder on the other side uh, for the red team so interesting to see how that plays out but Zirkle just didn't look great. I mean, he had a whole extra—he's had a lot of extra time to really cement himself as George's kicker, and he might get replaced by a, a true freshman, which is not a great look for him. So I want to see better from Zirkle.
0: That true freshman, Liam Badger. Okay. So there's another guy in that kicking rotation, Liam Badger, mm-hmm. who I was really impressed with on Saturday. As a journalist, you're supposed to be objective. You're supposed to be unbiased. I have broken my journalista- journalistic ethics— I loved Liam Badger for the name, but also because he, he was good on Saturday. He made a fifty one yard field goal. I think he has some potential in
2: that special teams unit. Yeah, he looked better than Zirkel and Zirkle was the scholarship guy, so much respect to Liam Badger. You called it before the game. I had no faith in you, I'll be honest, but I should have trusted your your journalistic instincts right there to, to believe in a Liam Badger. But yeah, the transfer out of Kansas State. I tweeted a little bit about him during during game stuff, and, and those tweets got a couple of likes. So the Liam Badger fan club is right with you, John. Um, so you've definitely there's definitely a group out there for you. But no, I agree with you. Liam Badger was fun. You make a 51 yard field goal pretty convincingly, and you're gonna you're gonna get some some conversations, especially of a guy that's been on scholarship for a little bit.
0: Liam Badger fan club, if you do indeed exist and are listening to this, please contact me. Anyway. Owen what is the final name on your list
2: my final name is and this is probably the the most weirdly ticky tacky disappointment that i that i am but it goes back to the theme of mine that's austin blasky I wanted to be wowed because all I've been hearing from Blasky about Blasky is how good he is, and that, oh, this guy, he can play everywhere. He's going to start at left tackle and then maybe move to center, and it's going to be great, and he's going to be awesome. And I didn't see it. Um, he looked good. He looked serviceable, but tackle just might not be his spot. He might just be a big center. He, I mean,. You look over Joe what Joe tipman has been doing in Wisconsin at John Michael Schmitz in Minnesota. Those are bigger centers. I think Blasky fits that mold great. You got you got said Van Brand there right now, so I think you're okay not starting Blasky right away. I think you could hold off on Blasky, and I think Ernest Green outpaced him. So I wanted to see more from Blasky. I didn't. I just I think there's just a possibility he's just not a tackle, and I think that's okay.
0: Yeah. The thing with the offensive line is there are there just so many names. Like, you could look down the roster and you're like, that guy could start, that guy could start. Austin Blasky did not prove anything or show anything to suggest that he, he could start immediately next
2: fall. Yeah, and Ernest Green did. He, he showed that he's got a lot of talent and he missed a lot of time, but he's back now. He, he's looking relatively healthy and he's young. Not prototypical tackle size, but he moved well enough that I felt like he could hang out there. And, I mean, hey, Georgia fans remember Jamari Sawyer. He came in as a guard just like Ernest Green did. He eventually moved over to left tackle just like Ernest Green has. And Jamari Sawyer was the starting left tackle when Georgia won its first national championship. And also their their right guard when he shifted over there to replace Erickson uh, in the national championship. So... I think if there's any doubt about Ernest Green's size, you shouldn't because you saw a guy do pretty well just two years ago.
0: Owen, do you have any final takeaways or observations from G-Day?
2: No, not really. I mean, it was a really fun game. It was a really enjoyable time to be out there for the second time. And next year will probably be my last year covering G-Day, which is crazy, but we're a long time away from that. I know this was your last G-Day and or and your only g-day really being there but it was a pleasure getting to enjoy that experience with you and 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 do that so that was that was probably the highlight
0: i agree it was it was very fun it was a fun time um do you have any burning questions remaining about the georgia football team
2: gosh um i don't know when is kirby going to make decisions that's that's my question um and the answer is probably last minute because it's it's his thing but it's exciting because I'm excited to, to see what's gonna happen, but as Cur- as Kirby would say, we got a lot of summer left, you know. We got a lot of time to keep going, but you know, we're all excited to be out here. Uh, so I'm just excited to see what Kirby does and, and what the team does. It's a fun group. It's um, and for for their sakes, it'd be fun to go to a third national championship. It would certainly be fun to go to a third national championship. Thanks for coming on the show and
0: John. Thanks for listening to Between the Headphones. I'm John James. You can find more episodes wherever you get your podcasts and at redandblack.com. For even more Georgia sports coverage, visit redandblack.com sports. We'll tee it up Between the Headphones again next week.